Blog Talk Radio. Hey, did you did you did you set the show up, Mike? Yes, I did. Oh, I see it. Here he is. Okay. Good evening, everybody. My name is Jay King. Welcome to the Jay King Show at KBLA Talk fifteen eighty. We have a good one. I, I think I'm going to do a series of music shows, not just regular music shows, but historical things about the music, the stories behind the music and how everything came to be. Um, I, I love music and, um, and the, the history behind the music. And one of the stories that I really um, like is the story of the, the album Sparkle. Interesting thing about that album, uh, Sparkle was recorded in 1976. Uh, Diana Ross, I'm sorry, let me go back. Um, Sparkle was recorded in 1976 with Aretha Franklin uh, as the vocalist and um, Curtis Mayfield as the producer. Oddly enough, both were said to be at um, past the pinnacle of their careers. And um, not much was expected from the album. Uh, the album is uh, based on the movie Sparkle. It's a soundtrack. The soundtrack is called Sparkle, and it's loosely based on Diana Ross and the Supremes. The movie was released April 7, 1976. It starred um, Irene Cara. Uh, the late, great Irene Cara, Lynette McKee, uh, the late, great Lynette McKee. I think she's, I don't know if she's the late, great. I guess I should, I should find that out now. And Philip Michael Thomas, who we know from Miami Vice. What makes this album interesting uh, and the music is the similarities between Aretha Franklin and Curtis Mayfield. Both are heavily inundated in the church uh, and their musical stylings. Both are from Midwestern cities, Curtis Mayfield from Chicago, Aretha Franklin from Detroit. Both cities are uh, rich in musical traditions. When you think about Chicago, you have to think about DJ records, Brunswick records, and chess records. Um, when you and so, so those are the main three labels that are holding it down in Chicago at the time. And then you have um, Motown, and Motown had just crushed the competition. There was no competition in Detroit. It was only Motown. And then you have these two musical titans. And you would think that they would have paired up earlier because of proximity, but uh, this is the first time that they're pairing up um, in 1976, even though Aretha Franklin did cover the Impressions classic anthem, People Get Ready, from 1965. She recorded um, that song for her third album, Lady Soul, in 1968. 
So they are on the same trajectory, but they're not going in the same direction because Aretha Franklin is produced um, by Jerry Wexler. And Jerry Wexler is guiding Aretha's career from a producer and co-writer standpoint. And um, from 19, the late, the, the early 60s, all the way to 75, it's Jerry Wexler that's in the driver's seat. But by 1974, Aretha Franklin hits a stumbling block. She releases an album uh, called With Everything I Feel in Me that is lackluster at best. And then she follows that up with an album called You in 1975. And that too was lackluster. And um, when you when you think about where a career is in our business, you know, Aretha Franklin's been in music since the early 60s, and here she is in the middle 70s, and you have the likes of Shaka Khan, Natalie Cole, and Denise Williams, Minnie Ripperton, all coming on the scene uh, with uh, Gladys Knight as a permanent fixture and Patti LaBelle being a funk queen. Aretha Franklin, who is dubbed the queen of soul, isn't in a race by herself. Now she has some real competition. And these two albums uh, that follow in 74 and 75 have her in a vulnerable position. So much so that Jerry Wexler, who was her um, longtime collaborator, loses interest in working with her after the last two albums failed. So what Aretha has on her side is a very progressive record label, Atlantic Records, and a very sharp and progressive record executive. His name is Ahmed Erdogan. And Ahmed Erdogan is the co-founder and president of Atlantic Records. Aretha Franklin wants to go in a new direction. And the person that she wants to work with is Curtis Mayfield. Curtis Mayfield uh, was so excited to work with Aretha Franklin that he jumped at it. Aretha wasn't the one to ask him, though. She sent Ahmed Erdogan. To, um, to ask him to work with her and to guide her artistically. And so that's where we start this story. The music is um, the soundtrack of a movie. The movie is Sparkle. The soundtrack is called Sparkle. And Aretha Franklin is the star of the show. It is going to prove to be a brilliant pairing, but not without um, some 
some fighting and some pushing and pulling on both sides. But it's also the beginning of the second half of the career of Aretha Franklin. What makes this an interesting story also is that Aretha Franklin is a musician, and not just any musician. She is a, a great musician. Aretha Franklin is a songwriter, not just any kind of songwriter. She's a top-notch songwriter. She's got massive hits under her belt. She is a, a major name. She's also a co-producer of her albums. But on this Sparkle record, everything's going to be different. It's going to be the first and only time that all she's doing is singing. There will be no songwriting on her part. There will be no instruments being played on her part. No producing. All songwriting and producing chores are going to be left to Curtis Mayfield. All musicians, which will include Curtis Mayfield himself, will be musicians that Curtis has chosen. Curtis is producing this soundtrack because he's coming off his biggest album yet from 1972, which is Superfly. Not only was Superfly a hit movie, it was a hit soundtrack, and it has catapulted Curtis Mayfield into superstardom. And that's where we're going to stop. When we come back, we're going to talk about the music and the stories behind the music. This story is about the soundtrack, Sparkle, from the movie Sparkle, from 1976, starring Irene Cara, Lynette McKee, and Philip Michael Thomas. My name is Jay King, and you're tuned into the Jay King Show at KBLA Talk 1580. We'll be right back. All right, so so Mike, when we come here, um, you can um, you can you can do Sparkle, the song Sparkle. I sparkle, way that I do. Is it true? So we'll do that right there, okay? So make a note. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hey. Um, I'm following along, taking notes. Mm-hmm. I was got some freedom here to play that. I was going to play that earlier when you first mentioned mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. underneath. Mm-hmm. Are there what are the songs you want to highlight here? Um, I don't think we can put such on them all. Okay, so I want to highlight Sparkle, giving him something he can feel. Um, look into your heart. Mm-hmm. Hooked on your love. Let me see if it's a. Let me see if I want to show. Let me see. Oh, let me turn. 
and jump. I get high. I get high. And I get high and jump. If you can get I get high and jump on it. And jump is the second. Yeah, that's a, new, that's a different song. No. And um, are you going to go in that order, like chronologically? No, I, order? no I'll tell you what, they, what they're going to be. Okay. All right. So, so we're going to do... So we're going to start it with Sparkle, come out of it with Sparkle. Come, come out of the commercial break with Sparkle? No, we're going to come, we're going, we're going, we're going to start to the, how you have, we're going to have Sparkle in the, in the under of it, and then, you know, when I'm talking, and then when we come out into the break, the first break, we're going to Sparkle. Okay. And then, then, I'm, and then I'm, when we come back in, we're going to, something he can feel. We'll come back into something he can feel. Okay. okay. Well, Rejoin. Got it. Yeah. And then um, you have 32 minutes total left. Okay. So, so how many minutes? Really quickly. How many minutes did I just do? You did 10. Okay. I did. 42. Okay. So I did 32 10. left. Okay. Yep. And it's gonna go by really quick. So. Um, so how many yeah. minutes? How many minutes in this next section? You know, uh, 12. 12 minutes. Okay. So. Yeah, because I gotta leave a little room for music now. Right. So, so we'll figure it out. So you'll you'll figure it out as we go through. All right. I'm a, I have I'm I'm leaving room for music. So in the story, you'll see that I leave a lot of room for music. Okay. All right. Yeah, and highlight the song. I just told you. I just I just told you something he can feel. That's what the next song. Write that down. Second. Okay, you're on. All right. So. We're back at the J King Show at KBLA Talk 1580. We're um, talking about the album Sparkle from 1976. This is from an album. I mean, I mean, I'm sorry, blah, blah, blah. This is from a movie that was released April of 1976. And the reason why Curtis Mayfield is the guy producing the soundtrack is because Curtis Mayfield has produced a monster soundtrack um, for himself called Superfly, and this is at the heart and the height of black exploitation films. And black um, and black exploitation films are films with primary, primarily black cast, um, black settings, and uh, in the 70s, it was a big deal for about 10 years where black exploitation films really um, made a lot of money. They made they were made cheaply, uh, and they made good money. And so film companies were invested in them. But they also had great soundtracks. So along with the film companies, the music companies were making money as well. And Curtis Mayfield was the biggest producer of these soundtracks. Uh, in '72, he did the Superfly soundtrack. In '74. He did the Claudine soundtrack for Dallas Knight and the Pips. And then in 75, he did um, the soundtrack for the movie Let's Do It Again with the Staple Singers. Now, oddly enough, while he's producing these big soundtracks, 74 and 75, Aretha Franklin is releasing albums with Jerry Wexler as her producer. Now, she and Jerry Wexler in the 60s have big records. She's a superstar. She is the queen of soul. But 
in the 70s, you have a whole new crop of singers with Shaka Khan and Natalie Cole, Denise Williams, uh, and Minnie Ripperton leading the way. And there's more coming. And so while Curtis is producing these big soundtracks, Aretha Franklin in the is having lackluster sales. In the same years, Shaka Khan with Rufus is becoming a superstar in her own right, and Natalie Cole is just coming on the scene with big records. So he's already recorded the Sparkle soundtrack with Irene Cara. So Irene Cara has already recorded all the songs for the soundtrack. But when Ahmed Erdogan comes to him to say, I would like you to work with Aretha, he automatically says, I have just a project. And he does a whole nother set of recordings with Aretha for the same album, Sparkle. And even though Irene Cara is doing the lip syncing to the songs, it is Aretha's voice that you hear in the movie and that you hear on the soundtrack. Interesting thing about the album is the album was recorded over a five-day period. So it took uh, Curtis and Aretha five days to record the album. There are eight songs. All the songs are written by Curtis Mayfield. They were done in Chicago. They were done in his studio, Curtom. And um, the sessions weren't easy. They weren't easy because now you got these two divas. Curtis is a diva of production. Aretha is a diva of voice and stage. And so they're having this clash because these recording sessions aren't easy for Aretha. And, and before you can really get anything going, you, you have to know who you're in business with. And they had two totally different processes on how they record. So there were a lot of risks that took place because Curtis had vocal guides. So he would let Aretha listen to a song with a vocal guide on it or what he wanted her to do. Aretha is a big voice that feels like she knows what to do, but these are Curtis's babies. These are his songs. Aretha has not uh, uh, written She's not part of the, the, the melodic structure of the songs. She has nothing to do with the songs other than to walk in a studio and sing them. And this isn't how Aretha works because Aretha is a creator too. She's a songwriter. She's a producer. She, she understands vocals. So this tension, this push and pull about these compositions created the final product that we all hear. When the record was done, a lot of folks thought that it might be something mediocre. Because you have to remember, 
They're coming off of Aretha Franklin, 74, 75. Uh, not, not good product. And now the only thing, the only way I see Curtis Mayfield is as a producer of soundtracks. Aretha Franklin is a different kind of animal. How is this going to come out? And there's a lot of questions about the two of them. As a matter of fact, there are a lot of people that are saying that these two titans have been at the pinnacle of their careers, and this is a downward spiral for them. So Aretha Franklin hasn't had a hit record for some three, four years, five years, which is a, a lifetime in the music business at that time. 74 and 75, she's had horrible years. And now she's got this record where she's fighting with the producer, and they're making the record in five days. The whole process is five days. And the space she's not used to working in. When they turn the album in, it's a masterpiece giving him something he can feel goes to number one and puts Aretha back on the top of the charts. And this is really what solidified Aretha Franklin as the queen of soul, even though the likes of Shaka Khan and Natalie Cole and others are on her heels. She has now been redefined as the queen of soul and never again will anyone ever second guess who Aretha Franklin is. The interesting thing about our business is once they kill you, you're dead. You never get to come back. And in Aretha's case, the death of Aretha was 74 and 75. The death of Aretha was Jerry Wexler saying, I am bored with her. I don't want to work with her anymore. And everyone thought that once she uh, was out of the hands of Jerry Wexler, that her career was at its end. So you got these two preeminent cities with undeniably rich and varied musical traditions, Chicago and Detroit, each of them which made immeasurable contributions to the American musical fabric, not just to their city, but to the American music fabric. You have these key factors made by both figures, um, the pairing of Franklin and Mayfield, based on their respective styles, at the core of black gospel music and the vision of black gospel. So these are arguably two of the definitive practitioners from the black church to the harsh realities, hopes, and possibilities of the civil rights movement and the black power era. Because you have to remember, Aretha's father is smack dab in the middle 
of the civil rights movement. And Curtis Mayfield is smack dab in the black power movement with his writings. So it's no, um, it's no coincidence that Aretha Franklin covered People Get Ready uh, by um, the Impressions. So it was um, it was Aretha Franklin who really took that soundtrack and took it to another level for Curtis. Because even though Irene Cara did a beautiful job, he didn't put the spirit and um, those songs the way Aretha did. I want to stop right there for a minute, Um, Mike. I want to do something. How many minutes do I have in this section right here, Mike? We only have a minute or so. Okay. Well, that minute. Okay. So I'm listening. Okay. What did I stop right there? What did I just say? Uh, Didn't have the spirit and the soul that Aretha gave it. Okay. Right? Yeah. So I'm going to stop right there. So in a lot of ways, Aretha Franklin was rekindling the spirit of Curtis Mayfield as he was bringing her back to the top of the charts with giving him something he could feel. And we were being blessed with magic as music listeners, as a public. This is the music and the stories behind the music. The music of Sparkle, the movie and soundtrack, written and produced by Curtis Mayfield, performed by Aretha Franklin. My name is Jay King. This is the Jay King Show at KBLA Talk 1580, and we'll be right back. So, um, what? Um, how many? Um, how many minutes do I have on this next section? We have a total of seventeen minutes left. Okay. So, um, can we? So, 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 can we play some of the music? So, I want to. I want to leave. Okay. So, I want to leave. Um, uh, I want to leave some. Some other. Some of it open it. Some of it's for the music, okay? So I just I'm gonna talk about some of the compositions, okay? So this next this okay, next so session, I'm just gonna talk about the compositions, and then um, and we'll leave. We'll, we gotta leave at least five or six music minutes for music. Can we do that? Okay. okay. Ooh, that's a lot. Okay. Okay. So I mean, why is that a lot? I don't know. That's just a lot of minutes for music. Well, it's a music um, guy. Mike, do you, know, do you know what this show is about? It's a music show. Okay. God damn. Yeah, no, I totally get it. Some of us can come up underneath, like playing underneath, and then crescendo. Yeah. The so I'm just saying, saying that, 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 so just know that uh, that we're going to, that I'm going to take, I, I won't, I won't, I want to make sure we have enough time for music. Okay. All right. Cool. So, so I'm going to do this next section. This next section is just going to be about the composition. Okay. 
Okay. Okay, sounds good. All right. So um, we're going to come back. Okay. You ready? Eight minutes. All right. You're tuned into the J. King Show at KBLA Talk 1580. My name is J. King. We're talking about the music and the story behind the music, featuring uh, the music of the movie Sparkle from 1976, uh, starring Irene Cara, Lynette McKee, and Philip Michael Thomas. It's loosely based on Donna Ross and the Supremes. Aretha Franklin is the vocalist. The producer and songwriter is Curtis Mayfield. And both are uh, struggling to stay in an industry that is passing them behind. The uh, black exploitation film business is about to come to a screeching halt. It's uh, where um, Curtis has made his, his bread and butter uh, from 1972 all the way to 1976. He is really the king of, um, of smash hit making uh, music soundtracks from Superfly to Claudine to Let's Do It Again to now Sparkle. He is the man. He, he is the, the guy in control. And he has written all of these compositions for this film that was recorded by Irene Cara. She's recorded all these songs. But when he gets a chance to work with Aretha Franklin, he puts Aretha Franklin on all the songs, and they never used the recording by Irene Cara. It is Aretha Franklin's voice that's in the movie, and it's Aretha Franklin's voice that is on the soundtrack. And Irene Cara's tapes are put in a vote. So... For all of the compositions that are featured on Sparkle, uh, Curtis Mayfield wrote about a bunch of subjects relating to the pursuits of love. And, and he wrote it solely from the viewpoint of a woman. So in the opening lines of the album's title track, um, he writes, I sparkle, loving you the way that I do. Is it true? I feel so good just having you. So when you hear these lines, they flow with so much serenity um, as if she's awoken during the brightest and most opulent of mornings, like she's singing right into her lover's ear. It's a beautiful ballad. It's beautiful string arrangements. It's a, it's a meticulous rhythm. And this single, this song sets up the entire album. So when that song plays, it's invitation to a romantic delight or a beautiful morning. I, I remember as a kid um, waking up because my mom was studying when she was going to nursing school, and she would be playing Aretha Franklin's Sparkle album, and I could hear the song Sparkle, and my mom couldn't sing, but boy, she could sing with Aretha Franklin on that song. Um, but then you have the album's defining song, the song that defines the album, but that also defines the comeback of Aretha Franklin, and that's 
something he can feel. And it's a down and dirty testimony about how she feels about her, her man. Uh, the groove is slow burning, it's bluesy and funky and sexy all at the same time. And and when you hear the song from the from the opening line, it grabs you. Not only does it grab you, it sits you down. Draws you into the essence of what black love is. There's nothing poppy about this. It is unadulterated R&B music. It's rhythm and blues. And it's black America. And what it does is it serves as a reminder of how potent black emotionality was in a time in America when America was undergoing a lot of changes, both politically and socially, because we're talking about 1976. We're in the mid-1970s. And this is Mayfield having to conjure up the emotions of a woman, the desires and adoration that a woman has for a man uh, through all of his triumph and his imperfections, how she can love him through it all. And he has to write it and make you and me believe it, male and female. And he's seeing it through her eyes. He's looking through her eyes and saying that her lover is irreplaceable, despite what any doubter might have. Anybody that, that's in her family, that, that he has to make you believe that she believes, and he's got to make Aretha believe that what he wrote, she believes it. And that's what's captivating about the song, about the songwriting, that this this man, this man wrote, living in a world of ghetto life, everyone is so uptight, but nothing's wrong. It's all right. My man. And Aretha Franklin puts that gutsy, gospel, sexy conviction on it. Hmm. So... Something He Can Feel becomes Aretha Franklin's first tart chopper in um, two years. It went to number one on Billboard's Hot Soul Singles chart, number 28 on the Hot 100 charts. And 40 years after it resonated on the airwaves, it remains a quiet storm staple and one of the key cornerstones to Aretha's music. And then you got hooked on your love and looking to your heart. Something he can feel. I get high. And that remains one of the most understated records, as well as an obvious deviation from the album's central theme of intimacy and commitment. It's really a true highlight of Mayfield and how he wrote about a distressed woman who romanticized about dangerous love. 
the kind that will ultimately push one into in a physical abuse, drug abuse, alcohol abuse, a woman who loses everything she truly loves. Because all this is happening inside the confines of a movie. So the brilliance of Mayfield as a writer and the brilliance of Aretha as a vocalist are both on display. This album would eventually go to be uh, a number one record, selling over half a million copies, and really sparking the career of Aretha Franklin. I should say re-sparking it, putting a, a new fire in it, where Aretha stumbled in 74 and 75, and people said that she um, had seen her best days, that she uh, that she was done, where folks said that Aretha uh, could never uh, be at the top of the game again. She became the queen of soul, encapsulated this time. They it, it was stamped and approved by the world that Aretha Franklin was the queen of soul, and really, for Curtis Mayfield, it was truly one of his last arrives. Uh, he didn't see anything of significance uh, after Sparkle. But when you put out the music that he put out, because, again, he's not just a producer. He's writing the songs. So when you start looking at all of the soundtracks that he did, he really did Curtis Mayfield albums featuring these artists. He did Superfly was Curtis Mayfield. Claudine was Curtis Mayfield featuring Gladys Knight. Uh, um, the uh, the other song, the, the other album he did uh, with uh, what was the album that he did with? Um, hold on, let me find that other album, Mike, so I can know. I got to remember go to my notes. Uh, he did the. Um, I mean, oh, oh, the Let's Do It Again soundtrack he did with the Staple Singers. It was really Curtis Mayfield featuring the Staple Singers. And the uh, Sparkle album was really Curtis Mayfield featuring Aretha Franklin because all of those artists benefited greatly from his writing. And the stories behind this music are rich and um, filled with a lot of interesting tidbits, all of which you can't do in a show like this one because this show only lasts an hour. And after I take out commercials and everything and some music, I can only give you a little bit of information. But what I hope it does is it sparks your interest enough to go do some research on this record, this album, uh, this music, and the stories 
that permeate behind it. My name is Jay King. You're tuned into the Jay King Show at KBLA Talk 1580. We'll be right back. What do I have here, Mike? Okay, we have one more segment. Uh-huh. Four minutes long. Okay. And that's um, it. So, okay, yeah, so, conclude. Okay, okay. Um, it's the Jay King Show at KBLA Talk 1580. My name is Jay King. I want to thank you all for tuning in. I also want to thank Highlands Community Charter School. If you're 22 years or older without a high school diploma, Highlands Community Charter School is where you ought to be. Not only will they help you earn your high school diploma, they'll help you find a career pathway. It doesn't cost you a dime, just time and effort. 916-844-2283 is the number. 916-844-2283. And remember, it's never too late to get your life in order. If there is a particular album or artist that you would like me to uh, do a story on about the music and then the stories behind the music, email me at J-A-Y-K-I-N-G, the number 62 at gmail.com, and just tell me who you like to, who, what, what album or uh, what artist you'd like to know the story about and, and their music and the story behind it. And please go to um, iHeartRadio and um, download um, or go to your app store and download the iHeartRadio app and then search The Jay King Show. And there you can listen to all of my shows because they're all archived right there and follow me on iHeartRadio. My name is Jay King. You're tuned into The Jay King Show. I hope you enjoyed the music and the stories behind the music for Sparkle. Thank you so much. I'll see you next week. How was that, Mike? Good, real good. I can definitely work with this. Okay. Did you learn some stuff? I did. What did, what did you learn? Well, I learned I got to go and listen to this album more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wasn't aware of it. Mm-hmm. I do like Chain of Fools. Chain of Fools is not on this album, Mike. Oh, I know. All right. Um, is that it? We're yeah, good. good. We're good? Okay, you guys. You like, you like loving, loving You, Baby? What's Loving? How about Rock With Me? Do you like that song on the album? Rock With Me. Yeah, that's a good record, too. It's not a bad... It's not a bad record on here, Mike. Yeah, that's a good record too. It's not a bad record on there. It's a it's a great album. Um, and y'all didn't y'all didn't get into it, Mike, because it was super black. But I think if you um, but if you get into it right now, I'm a, you, this is gonna give you one more step towards your black card if you listen to this album. So you should download it and listen to it. I gotta listen. I, I don't watch movies. I didn't ask you to to watch the movie. Uh, Paulette said, Jackie Wilson is true Elvis Presley. Um, Jackie Wilson, is it true Elvis Presley paid for Jackie Wilson's funeral? It's been rumors for years he did. Um, Paulette, I can send me an email and tell me, and then I, I'll um, – I, I like doing stories um, based on albums, but I will do stories also based on artists and – you know, because Jackie Wilson, by the time he's 40, he has the stroke, and um, you know, and he um, and he doesn't, you know, he never 
uh, recovered from it and, you know, and, and, and died a pauper. And so um, I'll find out. I'll, I'll, I'll do some research and find out if that's true. My email is J-A-Y-K-I-N-G, the number 62, at gmail.com. And I love these kind of, I love these types of things. Like, you know, I, I really wanted to, I'm, I'm probably going to do the next one on Marvin Gaye in the Hear My Dear album. But Marvin Gaye has a lot of great stories to go with um, the um, What's Going On album, the Let's Get It On album, the I Want You album, the Hear My Dear album, and the In Our Lifetime album. Those albums have incredible stories with them because Marvin was a fascinating human being. And, um, and if I told the Marvin Gaye stories, I would have to tell them in those albums in that, um, in that succession. Even though uh, I, could, I could slip in the um, Trouble Man album with um, what's going on, and I could slip in the live at the um, uh, London Palladium with the I Want You album because, um, because they come together. Got to Give It Up is, is a record that, um, that they put together. It's, not a, it's, it's a record that they, that they build. It's not really a record. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm gonna, so if I did them all, Dale, they would have to go in succession. Um, and so when I get ready to do the Marvin Gaye stories, um, you know, um, I couldn't break rank from them. In other words, I'd have to do them back to back to back so you can get the full scope of what Marvin Gaye is going through and how Marvin Gaye is developing into the Marvin Gaye that um, ultimately crashes and burns. And just, just you know, how... Um, how uh, tumultuous his life was, you know, being the, the prince of soul, you would think that he'd have a wonderful life, but it's not, not what you think it is. Anyway, but, um, so yeah, but I like these, I like doing these, these types of stories. I think they're really cool, and I think people find them fascinating. So, Michael, we good? Yep, very good. Thank you. I got it all. Okay. All right, so I'm going to disconnect here. Okay. I'm disconnected from my there. I'm going to disconnect. <laughs>